Welcome, Welcome back to BBO Live! Woo! <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kim. This is Kia. And welcome back to episode five, uh, Kia's favorite number, actually. What, what? <laughs> so because of that, we actually have a special guest for y'all via FaceTime since last week. <laughs> Technical difficulties happened and she was here, but, you know. Anyways, give it up for Anita. Woo, Anita's in the Hello, building. Everyone. It's Anita. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I said, last week she was actually in Seattle with us. We were all hanging out. Um, but technical difficulties happened, and FaceTime is now the best option. But this works, this works. Yes. All right, so Kia, how's your weekend been so far? Actually, we've been together most of the weekend. I was going to say, Kim, share about our weekend, and then we'll have Anita share about her weekend, but... All right, so this weekend, we had a little uh, OG BBO reunion, for those who know what that is. (laughs) Um, So we were hanging out literally the entire weekend, me, Kia, and two other friends, we went to the Mariners game. It was Star Wars night, so they had fireworks. Their Star Wars characters were out, which was super fun. Um, and yeah, Kia, how did, did you have fun at the game? Yeah, I thought it was super fun. I was lit. Like, I was <laughs> pretty buzzed. And it was great because the the um, Star Wars, the little fireworks show. The fire, yeah. That was the best part. And I was telling Kim, actually, that the last time I went to a baseball game, it was the Dodgers in California, and it was Star Wars night. So I was like, I've only been to baseball games when it's Star Wars night. So I don't, I don't know why this happens to me or what it is, but there's always fireworks. So I always get fireworks with baseball games. Is this always like a two-in-one or no? Not really. They happen maybe like really or like rarely, maybe like five during the season. Okay. So, like, you've had so I can, on a good night. Good night. Okay. You, you've gotten lucky. I know. I've gotten lucky. I love the Star Wars fireworks. It's my favorite part. Dude, yeah, the fireworks are so nice. And honestly, I just, I'm a child when it comes to fireworks. So, it was great. Yeah. Uh, They're fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, what else did we do this weekend? Oh, we we so cooked. Um, Snoop yes. Dogg's um, cookbook. So, our friend got the Snoop Dogg cookbook. And we picked a brunch meal or, like, something from it yeah so fun fact snoop dog has a cookbook and also fun fact our my roommate our friend got it from the public library so <laughs> make sure to use that resource which i totally do not use yes um but we didn't know how good of a cook snoop was we had bacon with like yeah. it's brown sugar and it had <gasps> what did he call the bacon? black pepper and he had Red pepper, and I don't even know what else. All the peppers. All the peppers in there. It had a dope-ass name, but I can't remember what this bacon was called. Fuck, I don't remember. But anyway. The omelet was was called the high, high. Mile high? Mile high omelet. The bacon was, I don't know. No, dude, it was Bob. Yeah, so his recipe recommended. We need to see what else we can use. And what did we learn about chives? Oh, we learned the difference between chives and green onions, which neta, I thought they were the same thing. Friends, they are not. <laughs> chives are smaller. And what's the, what's the taste difference, I guess? We did a full, like, testing thing. Oh, billionaire's bacon. There we go. So it's called. Which, honestly, it makes total sense because that shit was bomb. <laughs> it was. Um, but yeah, other than that, we just, like, hung out, honestly, all day. Went walk to get some coffee. We watched the Winnie the Pooh. Oh my god, yeah. We watched the Winnie the Pooh movie, the new one. If you guys hadn't seen it, which we all thought it was going to be a little lame and yeah. corny. We were sitting there like in love with the Winnie the Pooh. Dude, yeah. Honestly, like I remember when I first saw the commercials, I was like, why are they bringing Winnie the Pooh back? Like, mm-hmm. like he's like, I've always loved him también growing up. Yeah. So I was kind of in to watch this one. 
But TBH is really, really cute. Like, if anyone's, like, an OG fan, it also, like, still pulls the heartstrings. It really does. Yeah. All characters. And then realizing that they're all mental health. Yeah, um, they each represent a mental um, disorder. disorder. What's, the, the, what's the correct word? I don't word? know. Um, but yes, yeah, so they all represent a different, a different uh, mental illness disorder. Someone correct us, please. Um, um, but yeah, mental health like, illness. Illness? In- okay. illness. So is it illness that a disorder? Yeah, neither. I don't know. I'm human, by the way. I'm not psychology. <laughs> valid. Okay, valid. We'll, we'll move on <laughs> from the analysis. Oh, but anyways, I guess we can put that under what are we watching? That's true. Oh, and then we went to the thrift store. Fun fact. We did. Yes. We went to the Goodwill um, by the stadiums. That's actually where uh, Macklemore recorded Thrift Shops. Have anyone seen that music video? We were there. We were there. And I we didn't all, know. Yeah, we all randomly found stuff. I got uh, found a Mariners jersey for $20, yeah. so that came in clutch. Yo quería platos y se me olvidaron allá en la you casa. Left. En el carro de Annalisa. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Dang. Um, well, yeah, but that was fun. Anita, what did you do this weekend? Uh, I did a lot of adulting. I had to go wash my car and run errands. And ended up at Target. And, you know, you can never leave Target with what you want to leave with. So oh, I ended up spending, like, I went in for soap and I came in with $80 worth of clothes, so... Hey, but honestly, the clothes at Target goes hard. Yeah, I, ha- I found a really nice like skirt and top piece that's super like nineties right now, mm. which I'm like. Um, I was looking for like some summer dresses, but the summer dresses right now are not like popping at Target like they normally are. So it's, it's still early. It's still early. Yeah, so we'll see. But jean skirts. I'm into jean skirts right now. Yes. Dude, yeah, especially in the 90s, como dijiste. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, I'm, really, I'm really into jeans right now. Oh, show. But yeah, that's what was nice. my weekend. Nice, nice. I feel like I also need to adult at some point. Probably won't see this weekend, but... Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, but since technically it's been two weeks since y'all have heard us and since we've recorded, um, what we're still talking about, just because Balvin just continues to run the world, is J Balvin and SNL two weeks back. Mm-hmm. And how Balvin was the first reggaetonero on SNL after 44 seasons of that being on. So, fuck, dude. Um, and then, was the, the, was also on Fallon that same week as well. I can't remember what the interview was, but I remember I watched this. Yeah, so the interview was talking about all his first. So, like, how he was the first Latino solo artist to headline Lollapalooza. Lollapalooza? Lala? Lala? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gives up. Um, and he was um, the first Latino to perform on the main stage at Coachella. Main stage. And he was the first male um, to have a campaign with guests. And it just kind of talked about how, like, Beyonce también le dijo five hours before, um, like, the show for him to perform. And yeah, he was like, hell yeah, let's get on this plane, get dash money. Hell yeah. Perform with Beyonce on Coachella. So I think he, he was, like, hella down. And I was like, wow, it happened, like, super last minute. So I, I think, I thought that was dope that he was like, hell yeah, let's go. Dude, I feel like if Beyonce calls you, he's like, yo, I need you in five minutes. Five That's hours, what I'm saying. I was like, wait, I'm there. Like, busting it I don't know how, but I'll be there. So, yes, I agree. Um, and I think it was just talking about how um, he, for him, it's important that he does his songs only in Spanish. 
for the crossover to truly be like um in spanish music versus That's true i mm-hmm. for some reason thought i've heard him at some point in english but I, yeah not that i can think i don't think i have but i can know no yeah you're right yeah so he says that it's very important for him to do that and um like he was telling you know fallon he's like you know right now i'm sitting down here doing this interview with you in english but my music's like my music's in spanish and it speaks to people through vibes whether you know at coachella that main stage all those people were white and they didn't know what he was singing or what it was but the vibes were there las vibras las vibras like how he says you know how he talks about his vibras all the time and jimmy just told him that you know también because he was saying how like i've been on your show before but we, we had never sat down to talk yeah so um jimmy was saying like it's very important that like not only do you have your fame and your mainstream fame like that but it's important that you're sitting down and having these interviews and talking about the important stuff mm-hmm. like all the first that he's done like i didn't know he those were all his first you know so unless you're like really sitting there reading articles about balvin or whatever that's what he's saying it's important to sit down and do interviews and that's, like, really vocalize yeah dude that's true because like yeah you can hear the music and like he's been a guest star like a guest performer on the show también mm-hmm. but yeah unless you're having the conversation then putting out there everything like, not even your own accomplishments but like what else needs to get brought up in the mm-hmm. community i think that's really yeah yeah, that's part, that's part of, like, for the culture, like, how he always says, yeah. for la cultura, like, I think that's very important, too. And because I think Maluma also recently was on, was it Fallon también, and also interviewed, and I was like, oh, shit, I was like, oh, también. shit. Like, I was more, like, shocked that they interviewed, which, honestly, we shouldn't be, because they're that big of phenomenons that they shouldn't be interviewed on these big shows. Yeah. So, good for them. So, yeah, so, I mean, but mad props to Fallon. Siempre me, ca- me ha caído bien. Yeah, I and like And he him. just says that it's amazing for, you know, for Balvin to open up the world um, to reggaeton, but also just Spanish music, you know, Spanish-speaking music. So, I thought that was pretty dope. <clears throat> yeah, and then because he was on SNL, there was, a, I think, a picture. I don't know if it was him or Big Sean that posted it. But hopefully uh, J Balvin and Big Sean collab could be coming soon because that could be lit. I'd be excited for that that's something i would want to hear mm-hmm. oh yeah, i think it was someone somewhere on someone's instagram oh, one of those. um but um so what else happened this week was that rihanna i guess rihanna is how she said it in the recent oh yeah rihanna rihanna she said it in a recent um Come interview on? she's like hey what's up you guys it's rihanna but then because i'm just for spoiler alert our, our playlist is gonna be lemon she says it's rihanna yeah so, i mean <laughs> but she could be you know how like uh, I was really I was um hearing this interview of the start of this podcast that was saying that in music wise she's Rihanna but then everything like fashion everything else has been Fenty so maybe mm. her like professional like under Fenty is Rihanna but musically she'll still be Rihanna. Huh, interesante. That's what I'm thinking. Anyways, but Rihanna dro- Rihanna sorry dropped uh her Fenty line is officially out the website's running and they have that pop shop everything so I'm excited for her the stuff is actually super cute granted it's designer so it's pricey it's like the, all the little like j- um dressy like denim outfits were like a thousand something dollars um but again it's designer it's under um the same designer that houses louis vuitton so the prices make sense the outfits are super cute super like simplistic very like if i had money i would drop on it unless you want to sponsor us um but yeah i liked it it was cute i was gonna say talking about the prices the only one thing i heard is like some people are trying to criticize her how about like oh your your prices are not affordable for that line and it's like no 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 no. i was like you put the prices set them where you need to set them and get that money you exactly. know what i'm saying 
it's like we understand like what marca it is. Like we're not gonna tell you to like go like lower your your price. Like know your worth and get your money. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. Know your worth, especially like if it's coming out as a designer brand. Like you're not gonna go into Gucci and be like, oh, can you like y'all lower your prices too? Like no. And también Rihanna does have other more price like for this price friendly. Yeah, her friendly options like her like her Savage line, her Savage by Fenty. Like she has stuff that people could actually afford también. So for maybe one day we'll be able to ball out on her Fenty designer line. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. But it's like a, as a black woman and entrepreneur, like get your money. Like we know who's buying those designer stuff. So mm-hmm. like get your money. Um, But she's also in the studio. Yes, we literally just saw a tweet Um, like right before we started recording. That she tweeted. Wait, let me pull this up real quick. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like screen touch of uh, Rihanna's IG story, and she's like eh, behind the scenes of quote unquote, "Where's the album?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> yes, bitch. I love her clapbacks. Like yes. I just fucking love her. So I'm tired of y'all giving me shit for music. Aquí está para que se callen. <laughs> I know. It's basically what she's doing. It's like saying like, "All right, here's something. Like, shut up." Like, or honestly, I also. I also think it's because, you know, she has been putting so much work into all of Fenty and those branding. Now that's yeah, out. Like and she from- needs to put work in, like, certain things. that like she can be giving us music and clothing and, like, makeup. Like, that overall is way too much for, like, she's a person. Like, she can't. And she's an so ambassador she, of like a whole took, ass country. time, you know? She's an ambassador? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. She's an ambassador of a whole ass country as well. She's, like, she has her, like... She's busy. Yeah, like she's <laughs> growing. She's flourishing. Mm-hmm. And the man, I feel like knowing Rihanna, knowing Rihanna, Ali, um, like she puts her everything into everything that she does. Mm-hmm. So if she was, if she would have been working on like Fenty Beauty, the designer stuff, and music at the same time, like she wouldn't want to give something that's half-assed. So she was going yeah. full into everything. So now that I think Fenty's out, the brand now, she's like, okay, now if I, I can go fully into music or whatever she's doing. So I'm excited to see. Actually, I low-key want her to name it. Where is the album? Question mark. <laughs> just to keep the just to keep the shade going. That's funny. But uh, so speaking of the same music, woman's vibes. This happened, I guess, two weeks ago now. But we had the Galiuchis and Georgia Smith concert. That was super fun. Uh, just quick shout out because I think their tour just ended, and that tour honestly looked super fun to be a part of. Oh yeah. yeah. They had a female DJ that opened up. Yeah, she was playing all the uh, Mariah Carey throwbacks that were super nice. The looks at the concert were great. Yes. Um, we saw a lot of twin shoes. A lot of concert shoes. Have you seen our little... Do you follow us on Snapchat? Sorry. Do you follow our shoes app? <laughs> on Snapchat, on Instagram. There's stories and adventures, but I had a lot of twins. Uh, which honestly just reminded me of just like concert outfits are definitely make a statement have its own vibe to them so mm-hmm. i'm excited for sissy what, what other concerts we, oh y- y'all are going to the logic concert no at some point yes with jid jid yes. jid i don't know how you say his name i don't know, I know. okay I don't, I don't think i have any concerts coming up i know i i lied hold on banda recodo at some point is coming oh like banda recodo yes yes i have been waiting for banda recodo to come back to washington since forever so i'm super excited it's gonna be probably heidi fail style so catch a girl somewhere in the valley yes <laughs> for when I'm on the, yes me and anita will be out there so yes i'm excited yeah general area seating for concerts that's the only other thing that i had about the concert was it's rough but they're so pretty up close 
Oh yeah, dude. GA is general seating. Yeah. Anita, what's your experience with general admission? Yes. So when you're short, aka short, when I say short, I mean like five and under, because five three is not short. Five is short. Like it's a because you can't see anything because everybody like is above you, so you're just trying to see. And then at some point, you just kind of give up. You're like, you know what? Well, whatever. I'm just gonna listen to the song. But you pay to see the person. Yeah, it's just a struggle. I rather I I 100 would rather pay for a seat and have seating like above somewhere than being on the floor. <laughs> I validate I you because I was struggling and I guess I'm not sure. I know. I was going to say the same thing. I was like, we're like, what, like five, six, five, seven, so we're not yeah. even sure. And, no, and still, it was a struggle. <laughs> it was hard. There's always a tall person in front of us. And then this last time, though, like, I, we weren't even that mad, though, because honestly, next to me, there was, like, the nicest girl. She's like, can you see? And she would be, like, scoot over if I needed to see more. Like, she was, like, so mindful of it. And then, but on the other side, there was, like, some guy that was hella getting it, like, oh, in front of him. Yeah. Like, his outfit was fly. Like, he was just so, like, in love with Kaliuchi. So it was yeah. great. Yeah, like, he was, like, I mean, Kali, like I said, she was getting it. She was holy feeling herself on stage. Like, yes, girl. And this guy was just, like, her hype man. Like, he's like, <laughs> yes, work it, whatever. I was like, I need you in my life. Work. Yes. Let's be friends. <laughs> he was so, having such a good time. But, um... The concert was great, and I was so happy to see her. She's a dream, and I miss her already. I'm kind of sad. I wish I was more into Georgia, Georgia Smith. I've heard Same. her music every now and then, so, like, she's see, like she has a beautiful voice, and she's gorgeous. She I mean. is. I agree. I just haven't, like, put my energy, not my energy, I just haven't gone that route, so, but yes. She, but she was, she, was, she was so pretty good. So, yeah. And his her her musicians were amazing. Yes, her musicians. It was literally her entire band was all um, people of color, and her bassist was fine as hell. Ugh, I probably forgot about that. I'm gonna see if I can creep on her Instagram and see if I can find him. Tbh. Mm-hmm. Find the bass player. Yes, I will. He was cute. <laughs> he was super cute. Um, but in the words world of music, as we are since, like I said, this we this episode five is. Two weeks backtrack on music. We have a lot of music we've been listening to. So this playlist this week, y'all, is going to be fucking lit. Fire. Um, it'll be diverse and it'll be fire. Yeah, so I have a little bit of everything and it will be long enough because it's two weeks worth. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks worth. So at least an hour and a half. Um, but starting off with uh, two weeks back. So Kia, your boy J. Cole was on two different features. Oh, I'm so excited. I love, like I, I said last time, and, you know, I stick to this. He has been spoiling the shit out of us. I, I love when he's featured versus, I love his albums and his music in general, but when he's on a feature, he it's like his persona comes out. His, like, como, like, his, his side that's, like, cocky, and I like it. He's Because he goes hard, and he knows his word. But he doesn't choose to be flashy all the time. Mm-hmm. So whenever he's on a feature, I'm like, yes, spoil me. Like, so he dropped two fire songs, and I have not got, gotten tired of listening them to them these past two weeks. Yeah, so it was the, the London, which was Young Thug, J Cole, and Travis Scott. And I freaking love his line where he's like, "Fuck your IGM to uh, I put some what I put something on your sonogram." I was like, "Ah, oh, it's the Instagram sonogram. I see you." Yeah. And yeah, and then last time I was like, well, um, I've always messed around and said that he'd be a good daddy because he really would be a good father figure. But 
he shouldn't be saying this in these times where getting an abortion is not easy. So this sounds like a threat. Uh, <laughs> J. Cole, it sounds like a threat. Are you threatening us? <laughs> Timing wasn't the best option, but, you know, it's cool. Did y'all see that video of J. Cole on the bike in New York City just biking around no. no what yeah there's a video and he's just literally like he doesn't he bikes himself around to place to place like he doesn't have a driver you know how jayco's super real and authentic like mm-hmm. he doesn't have a driver and stuff like that so he's lately has been biking himself to the things that he needs to do and there was just a video of a fan like riding a bike next to him and just him being what the fuck? that's so cool that's super dope yeah it just shows how j cole isn't letting like the fame get to him and he's just still him and he's like well i'm gonna bike places because that's how you get around new york you know that's true fucking i dig that yeah and then his other song was purple emoji with ty dollar sign i was, was trying to figure out where in this entire song it says purple emoji because mm-hmm. I could not figure it out. He and, says that, yeah. yeah, he says it at the very end. I was like, oh. And then I was like, but the purple emoji could be so many different things. Yeah. He like, says that right. in the verse, too. I know. Yeah. I was like, could be the little purple devil, the purple heart, the... What, eggplant. The, the eggplant. The, the, little, <laughs> the little magic, like, orb little thing looking thing. I feel like he's talking about the devil one. I know, but I was just like, it made me realize how many purple emojis <laughs> there were. I was like, oh, yeah. But it probably is another one to be. No, but now I want to hear what part you heard it at. Because I feel like I heard it more towards the beginning than the end. And you said you heard it at the end. I heard it in Cole's verse. But that song for sure is solid. I think I like Purple Emoji more than The London. There's different vibes for sure. I feel like The London is more like a summer, like, let's get, like, lit and, like, dance to it. Where the where Purple Emoji is more just, like, más romántica, you know? Not romántica, but more, like, yeah. slow, like, chill vibes. Uh-huh. And I, I love that J. Cole can so easily fit into and step into the Ty Dollar, Ty Dollar Sign, like, vibe and, like, more romantic kind of music. Um, because I think he goes so perfect and he, his verses go just so perfectly. Like I said, when he d- did that song with Miguel, like I love when he collabs with Miguel. And- oh, yes. They're a magic together. That should be huge. Mm-hmm. But who else? Another, besides J. Cole, another one of your boys. Oh, I guess Anita, you, you're a big fan of him too. Uh, Kuko dropped the song yeah, as well. Is it Bosa No Se? Is what it has pronounced? Mm-hmm. Featuring John, uh, John Carter. Can I get y'all's opinion since y'all are bigger Kuko fans? Yeah, Kuko's new song is really dope. It's really different. Um, you can just hear the difference in his song from, like, if you were a fan from the early days to, like, now. Like, now that he has, like, production and a team, like, you can just see that his music is going to, like, develop in such a wonderful way. But still keeping, like, the authenticity of, like, the Chicano rap sound. Yes, I agree. I think... Um... Like how we were saying, this is his major label debut album, so we can see his um, beats be more mature, quote-unquote. Um, he's still keeping that trappy Kalia, what their Rolling Stone is calling it, so the the article will be linked there if you want to get a little more um, in-depth about his music. But, you know, this single is very melancholy, very, like, um, boyish, like, in love but heartbroken, and my favorite line which I fucking love this line. Kim, which one's my favorite line? <laughs> I forgot all about this line until yes, I fucking love this right line. It's my favorite. Every time I listen to the song, I just make sure I say this line and that's it. 
It's like, stupid bitch, you came from hell and made me lose my fucking mind. Yes. And that summarizes the whole song. <laughs> like, get, get Go listen to it. Take this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly just love Kuko and I love that he's bringing back the sound that I love so much of Chicano rap. And I love him and his style and his being like, he's so fine to me. Like, oh, he's so cute. Kuko. Yes, he he's is. so cute. How old is he? He's young, right? He's our age. Yeah, he's our age. Like, okay. 20, 20, no, he's younger. We searched this. We searched Remember? this. Oh, wait. Did we say he's 20? Can't yeah, get he's in the 20. club. Did there we say he go. couldn't get in the club? Oh, he's no. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> this, yes, this is exactly what happened in our first attempt at recording episode five. You're right. You're right. Fuck. day. <laughs> Damn. Illegal. Yes, yeah, still we'll legal. see, but he can't get in the club. The que sirve. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you you just have to find something cute to do instead? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Next. Crossover of the uh, week. So, episode four, we talked about the Latino explosion and just how it's taking over the world. The crossover this week that we noticed is Juanes and Alicia Cara dropped a song. Quererme uh, por I When I first saw... A, that this song was dropping. I was like, what the hell? B, I totally forgot that Juanes was in town. And, uh, like, was it? Well, now, two weeks ago. Uh, and the, I totally forgot that in my apartment we actually have a poster of the Juanes concert thingy. And I forgot that he was coming in general. So. Oh, I was so annoyed that he was in town. And, like, I was unaware until, like, I see somebody post and I was like, what? What? Like, how did I not know? And, I like I said, I had seen it in your living room, too. Yeah. And I just didn't piece it together. I'm sad. Uh, dude, uh, yeah, this song I actually really, really like it. The more I like listen to it, like Alicia Cara is just, just singing in Spanish the entire time. It's pretty, much, it's, it's just like a really cutesy like song. It's like para quererte, para quererte mejor, it's like let me know, yeah. Romantica, no una ballad. Yeah, so it's more, it's more of a ballad, more of like I guess like Juanes is like chill vibes. Like if y'all listen to the Latina Sunflower playlist from um, that we dropped last week, well, Kia. Uh, he has created playlist. <laughs> uh, it's more of like his like older vibes, which I, which I really appreciated and liked. So, yes, I see you. I see y'all. Um, another album that dropped last week was Lucky Day Painted. I actually had no idea who this guy was. Uh-huh. Um, up until like I was on Spotify's just new releases, just going through the list, and the album cover really intrigued me. And then I like started playing his stuff. And it was actually super chill. It's like an R and B, um, like funky old, like oldies inspired vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I can, I can get with this. And then the whole album itself was just a piece of art, tbh. But yes, that's a good one. I also didn't know who this guy was, and I told you all last time. He had a pretty rough upbringing. I think he left at a very young age from his house because he's only allowed to do choir music, and his family was very religious, almost like cult like religious. You know, los que son bien estrictos. And so he basically, if he told them that he wanted to do music other than religious music, he was pretty much going to be, ¿cómo se dice cuando alguien te quita tu banished. nombre? Shunned? Well, not banished, shunned. Maybe, I don't know. ¿Cómo se llama? When they take your name away. Ah, oh, there's a word Oh, for what's the word? Uh, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Uh, I can't remember. Please don't. Uh, dang it. But anyways, um, but yeah, so he... Huh? Disowned, that's the word. Disowned, disowned basically. So yeah. 
Um, so in this interview, we'll link the the article because it was a really good article. So you all should go read it if you're really intrigued in this guy after listening to his music on our um, playlist. But this guy, um, they asked him if he was going to share the album with his mom. And he was like, no, like basically saying like, I don't want to share something that I did for myself and this project that I like I'm really proud of and show it to her because he knows that she's not going to be proud and instead like no más le va a quedar un sabor amargo because he's not going to be able to make her proud. So she, he's like I did this for myself and not for anybody else and um I really like le doy props for being able to um somebody who's felt isolated his whole life from his family whatever friends anything like growing up alone you know he's like I did this for myself I'm proud and nobody else needs to be proud for me so I thought that was pretty dope and um yeah it just reminded me of uh the I don't know if you did you guys have a chance to watch that clip I told you about Shaggy when he was um oh, on no. the breakfast club did I did not did you did you get to see it Anita I saw the beginning. I didn't finish the full video, though, but yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, just touched on the idea of toxic parents and how sometimes you just can't have a relationship, you know, with, with your parents because they're, you know, verbally abusive to you, to your kids, to, your, like, your significant others. So sometimes you have to cut those ties for your own mental health, and that's just um, kind of, like, what it reminded me of, and I was very proud of him as an artist to have been able to do that because it's hard to be you know, uh, a starving artist. Like, it's there's nothing romantic in that, you know? So, um, good for him, and this album's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out here thriving, so honestly, good, good for him for standing his ground, knowing what he's worth, and knowing yeah. what's going to help him get there and what's hindering, and blocking out those bad vibes. Mm-hmm. And this album's fire, and honestly, he gave me really, like, pretty much, like, Frank Ocean vibes. Yes. And Frank Ocean's obviously, I mean, it's one of those big hitters, so... I'm excited to see what else Lucky Days is going to do. And then Anderson Pac vibes Damien, for sure. Yes. We put our top um, songs on the playlist, so hopefully y'all like them. Real Games definitely has um, the Frank Ocean jumps out on that one. So for sure, listen to them. Yeah, and we've talked about Insecure and how they've had really good music. That's kind of like what their show is really, really known for as well as their soundtrack. And um, Lucky Days has actually been featured on Insecure's soundtrack. So just know that that's how good of this, uh, this guy is. So, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Uh, and then someone else we've talked about before that's made us circle back is Joyner Lucas. He dropped the song Iris um, featuring Logic, which actually Logic dropped an album like not that long ago. And I just never made my way to listen to it. To I'm not that big of a Logic fan, but I'm gonna go see him. (laughs) (laughs) So, are you gonna do your research, or are you just gonna just go? I don't know. I sometimes... I don't know. I I don't know. I have my opinions on white rappers in general, but, um... I'm... I'm I'm going for JID. <laughs> like, that's a full-on discussion right there. That's why I was <laughs> like, I don't want to unpack this, but that, that's it. I mean, um, the song was okay, but I don't know. Yeah, like, like I, I gave it a, a listen to. I did like how it brought attention to his ADHD and just, just like the song itself was set out different facts on ADHD within the within the country and stuff like that. Which I was like, okay, I see you dropping knowledge. And same thing with his last song, who's also mm-hmm. um, using his platform to drop knowledge too. I noticed that both Joner and Logic are those kinds of artists. That's so. true. That's true. So maybe, like I said, I have didn't listen to Logic's album, so. 
maybe Joyner's featured on it too, because I feel mm-hmm. like Joyner's also featured on something else we're going to get to later. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but continuing with new music, new artists. Um, I know so I always bring up the Nueva Ola, so a new Urbano artist coming up. Um, since if y'all remember the no, no Me Conoces remix is on episode four. So my boy Jay Cortez dropped a full album, Famous. He's pretty much, I love his vibe. He's more of like a reggaeton, just like chill. Um, and the, the his, my favorite songs from his album is the Subiendo de Nivel and um, Cuanto Es, which features Setangana, which if y'all know um, Becky G's song Booty, he's the guy on there that oh. has the fake eye, not a Fetty Wap wannabe. Sad day. That's his name? Setangana? Oh, and I honestly could be saying it wrong, which is how I read it. So if it's wrong, <laughs> if it's wrong, sorry. Oops. Um, but yes. Uh, other new music. What else we got here? Black Beans. Yes. So this one, I was really excited to talk about Black Beans. The whole album is super dope. It's by Chusi and Exile, and I might be saying that wrong as well. These names, man. So like. We're really testing this. Testing this week. I know. Honestly, but I, I mispronounce everything, so I don't care. <laughs> um, my thoughts on this album was how the article said we're going to link it. But the article basically says, I didn't know I needed this album. And I also wondered why I hadn't heard something like it before. And how Anita was talking about Chicano rap. This is exactly what this album is. It's Chicano rap. But it was not Chicano. The word was, what was it? Kid? It's Afro-Chicano. Yeah, so this came up on um, Remezcla's Twitter is how I found it. And it was like the Afro-Chicano uh, music that y'all didn't know you needed. And I was like, wait, this A, this is a genre? Which I, I mm-hmm. could totally see it being one. I just had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's classifies himself as Afro-Chicano. Um, and in his little bio on Spotify in um, Choosing Exiles, they pretty much say, there's a stigma that black and Mexican cultures don't get along, but I wanted to show the beauty in being a product of both. So I was like, oh, okay, let's see what this album's about. And then um, I honestly only got to listen to it a couple times. Um, I know Lolo that you always rep is mm-hmm. a really good song off there. Um, but I'm excited to see, actually, I believe they've had music in the past. Mm-hmm. This is like a coming back album. Okay. Um, but yes, super good vibes. Anita, you would like this music. Yeah, I'm really excited to listen to it, um, dive deep into it. I just, the whole Afro-Chicano rap music sounds really interesting to me. Um, just cause Chicano rap is coming from hip hop. So mm-hmm. I just want to see like what he brings mm-hmm. to the sound that is like, cause you gotta rap is like it's its own unique sound, and you you can instantly identify it. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what he can bring to it, cause I feel like the mixture of African like beats and the Chicano rap music can be something like really really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm just interested in hearing his lyrics too, um, cause I know Kia, I think you said that he's both Mexican and black. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to hear like his perspective of growing up yeah. like in both cultures. Yep, and he grew up with a black mother and a Mexican father, so and with both of them in the household. So I think his perspective is even more unique so because it wasn't a split family. It was a, a unity and, and um, a product of both. And a product of both coming together and hanging out and identifying with, you know, his black side, black culture and, you know, calling out racism there when he heard it and vice versa when he was hanging out with his black um, people. Um, black people. What am I saying? His Mexican <laughs> people and just um, calling out the racism within there too and just showing them that together they're beautiful you know being proud of both 
cultures and um, his black beans, um, which is the name of both the name of the album and the name of the song, the one of his singles. And in that one, it has uh, some spoken word in it in between the song and it's beautiful. And if you listen to that, you really get a sense of um, where he's coming from and the way that he was raised in his upbringing um, and being marrying both cultures together. And then the other cool thing was the album cover is actually a photo of his father and him um, when his father was the age of that he is right now. So that was a pretty cool connection um, oh, that it just cute. so, yeah, it just happened. And he, he found out actually after it was chosen. It wasn't like he did it on purpose, but it just happened. Oh, dude, stuff like that, things just work out it's sometimes. Like just meant to and, be. Yeah, it's meant to be. The beauty of it, right? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, honestly, I'm excited for not for also y'all, everyone listening to listen to this music as well on the playlist because, like I said, Afro Chicano rap is something that we did y'all didn't know we needed. So I'm excited yeah. to see. It. Yes. Um, and then completely flipping the switch to something else. Um, Ed Sheeran is actually dropping an album, I believe, the seventh, so next week. Um, but he's dropped a single featuring Justin Bieber, which came out a while ago. But last week, a song that I, I think, Kia, you said you didn't even realize it was Ed Sheeran. I didn't. And every time the song comes on, I swear, every time it comes on on this playlist, I forget that it's his song. Because I'm like, just gig into it. It reminds me of a very JT, like Justin Timberlake, how he used to um, do, he had that little era where he was doing music with T.I. and um, Jay-Z and just stuff like that. And I'm just like, it's very hip-hop. Like, it's it's more hip-hop than pop. Yeah, pop hip-hop? I don't know. Yeah, so the song that he was well, the single that he dropped um, was uh, "Cross Me" featuring Chase, Chance the Rapper and PMB Rock. So, and you just get, yeah, it's very more like a chill. Like I didn't even click just in Timberlake until you mentioned it, mm-hmm. but yes, that's exactly what it was. That you're like, okay, I can chill to this, and you didn't even realize yeah. that it is. But honestly, just based off Ed Sheeran's, um, I think he posted on Instagram like a the back cover of his album with uh, covering up everyone that's featured. He has a bunch of features, so I'm excited to see who's on there and see if there's any like. Latinos, A. Oh, uh, that would be fun. And B, any like other random as features? Because Ed Sheeran, I don't know. You never know. That's exciting. I didn't even think about that. I know, do that, but we shall see. Um, and then another song that Kia, you brought to my attention that now I can't stop listening to. It's so good. Dude. It's so good. This one is Love and Cali called Do You Wrong featuring Sid from the internet, which I didn't know that. But Zid, it, Sid, 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 not Zid. Sid the kid. Sid, Sid the kid. Yeah, but anyways, um, super good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm glad that you loved it too. I know. Um, we featured it on our IG story a little bit ago. Also, plug, follow us on IG. Um, <laughs> we are BBO Live. Uh, but yeah, the song is super cute. It's literally just like a good like romantic like summer vibe. I'm like, oh, cute. Yeah. What's that? What's going on? Um, the but, complete opposite of estar soltera está de moda. Damn it, I go back and forth. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> but yes, yeah, the complete opposite of estar soltera. Uh, but the video is super cute, and I still can't believe you didn't know that Sid was from the internet. I didn't. Oh, dude, the internet. Like I, one of my roommates is super, super into them. Um, and I like I really fuck with their last album that they dropped. But another one of our friends, she's also super into the internet. También. Um. And then also, fun fact, since you love Charlie the Creator, the internet, well, Sid and the internet are, are part of Odd Future in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's that whole cycle of things connected. I was like, oh, It's okay. so beautiful how our artists always intertwine. I yes. love it. Oh, show. 
All right. And then moving on to music that dropped this week. Again, it's going to be a long playlist, so stick with us. <laughs> you can never have enough music, though. You yeah, right. you can never have enough music. And, uh, speaking from a personal uh, reference here, Anita, these playlists, what have they done for you? <laughs> playlists have opened up my life. No, but for real, they really have. Um, I feel like I'm so stuck in my music ways that I'm like, I have like a certain playlist that I listen to, and that's about it. But like, BBO playlists has... Like, I add things to my playlist from here, um, and I just enjoy the variety of music because it's, like, not just hip-hop, pero también Latino, mm-hmm. like, Latino music, and then you put in some, like, random, like, Feliz Navidad up in there. <laughs> your life and your mood for the day. Um, but if you do not listen to the playlist, listen to these playlists. They're so good. I know. I I know some people listen to the playlist before they listen to the episode. Whatever works for you, have that be the thing. Okay, so moving into like we said, music for this week. Cardi B dropped a new single. Press TVH. This was a little. That's how I felt. I gave it at least five listens back to back, and I yeah, like to do the back to back. I really tried, and I really, really tried. And she's just like press, 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 press. <laughs> All you need is I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> Literally, but it is. It's it, I don't. And she just I felt like she was. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anita, yeah, you, I you, you're a huge Cardi fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Cardi fan, like huge. And I listened to it one time, and I was just like, I wasn't like I haven't intently listened to it, so maybe. The second, third, or fourth time, but like the first time, like it just wasn't there for me. And sometimes I just feel like maybe she puts out singles because she feels like she has to because she was like so, like her album hit so big that I feel like she feels like she's pressured to keep dropping fire music. Mm-hmm. When it's like, you know, you have a good album, like put out good albums, don't put out half ass. And I almost felt, like, with this one, I almost felt like it was almost just a song to talk shit about the press. Because um, you know how she's been all about the press lately? Mm-hmm. How she's just been annoyed with, like, clickbaiting and all this stuff. And I felt like this was, like, almost like a like less hard verse and song than it, she had on the song with um, Mr... Offset, because that one she still addressed oh. it in that one. Clout, clout. So clout. it almost felt like a lesser version of clout, because clout was about the same thing. Clout was talking about how people do anything to you, you know be talked about and get money and get fame. And I felt like this was she was trying to get at with this one too, with the press, press, press. She was just saying how like the press is always on her, like the which is like TMC and you know yeah. all that stuff. So I don't know. I just. If we're, I know they don't compare, but if we're talking about the same message, she got it more across in the clout than she did in this one. Yeah, same thing. Like, I was like, I, and I like Cardi too, but with the song, I was like, girl, like, not your best work. Well, we'll see, we'll see if she drops anything else. Um, but someone else dropped a single, Rosalia. I, when I first heard, like, read the title, I was like, is this supposed to be say cute couture? But it's literally how you say, Oak Couture in Spanish was Oak Couture. I don't know. Um, mm. The song I like liked it, but what what I had more of my attention was was on how Rosalia is slowly becoming like as big as like Balvin is in terms of like being the face of the quote unquote Latino music on uh, uh, the festival level. Like she's like 
was the one of the big people at Coachella. She was pretty big. Um, she's in a bunch of other festivals, world like worldwide también, and she's getting featured in a bunch of like magazine covers and is just getting up there. But with Rosalia, es española. She's from Spain, so she is Hispanic but not Latina. But she's kind of becoming this like. I guess big persona in the terms of like Latino explosion, just her name being up there with Latino music. So Rosalia, like I like her, like, I like her music in terms of what she's doing with uh, bringing flamenco to a more modern take and like having that be more exploited. But I don't know how I feel about her representing Latinos when she's not. Do y'all know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. I think it was the same when when we both thought of like how Enrique Iglesias was also out there with Pibble, but we're like, but he wasn't on the documentary, and yeah. we're like, it makes a hundred percent sense why he was not on on the documentary as Latino music, honestly. Yeah, because he's Hispanic and not Latino. Yes. But then we were talking about how like our Brazilians Latinos, and if so, then you know, talking about Anita being in like consider a latina artist well yeah because i mean honestly the education that i got with from the there the education of the difference between hispanic and latino honestly i feel like i learned it from you anita tbh uh-huh. um which if you want to bring attention to what the definitions are if you want yeah well that's a whole other topic but just hispanic and latino like hispanics are from spanish-speaking countries so Spanish-speaking countries, which are you know Latin countries, Central American, Spanish, and Spain because they're Spanish-speaking, but Brazil are not Hispanics because they don't speak Spanish; they're Portuguese. Mm-hmm. So Spanish-speaking countries is Hispanic. Latino are from Latin American countries. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That does. Yeah. So, so pretty much not everyone. But, like, Hispanics is, is Latino America besides Brazil and Spain. And then Latinos are Latino America, Brazil, but not Spain. Yes. Okay. There we go. Simplistic. Uh, but, yes, yeah. Like you said, so Anita w- w- is not Sanita, but Anita, the <laughs> Brazilian. Uh, Double team, Anita. <laughs> yes, I mean, both Anitas are badasses, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so she, so I, so she, her being such a big... In Latino Urbano and all that, that is valid because Brasileña and she speaks there in perfect Spanish, Portuguese, all that. Um, but Rosalia, I mean, is, is, I feel like someone else have been said that like she, like, I don't know how I feel about her just yet, but I don't I like know. that interview. So I, I already, I, I don't like her. Oh, the growing up Latino Spotify interview. Yeah, the one. I don't know. I, I personally, I don't know that I like her. I like that song Con Altura, but yeah. I don't know that I like her. I don't know. Well, like, let us know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens with her and let us know. We'll post a poll. Saying. Do you guys like her or don't like her? Let us know. Rosalia. Yes. We're moving on to someone from that we're iffy liking to someone that we love. Bad Bunny dropped a new single, y'all. Yes. Uh, so Bad Bunny dropped Callaita, which is super cute. Kia, Bad Bunny, what you think? Um, he looks so cute in his video. That's all I have to say. That he's super cute, and um, his favorite new like move is to sit on a thing and just like move up and down and pass around. You know the one where he's sitting down and he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, and the, it's just, with his head bobbed and he's like sitting. Ah, uh, yeah. But um, he looked fire in the in the thing. This as for the song, I liked it. I don't know that I loved it, but I liked it. 
Um, it's catchy, so I think it'll become a good summer hit for sure. Yeah, it's definitely catchy. I really like the opening. Where it's just like, it's like, uh, se acostó temprano para mañana que estudiar, pero llamó a una amiga para ir a janguear. I was like, oh, it's like, ah, oh, I'm coming close in college. Like, yeah, you you got to go to bed early to study, but not go. We gonna go out instead. <laughs> Pretty much is what I would say. Uh, but yeah, I liked it, and also like his little teasers for it was super cute this whole week, so I was excited for it to come. Yeah, out. the teasers were cute. I know, like, oh, that bunny. Yes. Um, and then one that I was really excited for, um, Drake dropped an album. Did you ever listen to Drake? Uh, Drake, Ale. <laughs> Drake, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but Drake, another another whole other entity. I didn't. <laughs> Listen to so okay for me back then. If we talk about how I got my source of music, um, it was right through the MTV3 uh, and like yes. MTV the music videos, like that was like where I got my most of my music. Whether it was in the morning to get ready, I would yes. turn the TV on and Same. it was on, or you know, like whatever throughout the day, that's where my source of music came from, right? So if you we talk about did I listen to Rake, if he was on MTV3, yes. Did I go out of my way to buy an album like I did for Drake uh, at the store? No, I did not. So if, if that's what we're talking about, did I listen to Rake on TV? Yes. Okay. It is. Was I their fan? Drake. Maybe not. Drake versus Rake. Okay. I see you're team Drake. I am. Uh, but Drake dropped an album. I actually listened to them a lot. They were like pretty much like, at least when they first started off, they were more like, pop balladas mm-hmm. uh i think they started maybe dropped in like 08 or something i just have a vivid memory of like being with my primas in california like just rocking out like all like that nah, way to the album because super like super like crying bad, at the like, club bad, yeah crying at the club balladas. um but i was excited for the album i feel like it's been a while since they've dropped music and honestly i've just like i just have a connection with them. question yeah. is so. their new album gonna be very much like because they've been collaborating with, like, Wisin and Yandel and, like, um, Osuna and, like, um, what's the other one they collabed with recently? Maluma and stuff like that. So, is it, like, are they went from, like, pop baladas to, like, um, what, pop reggaeton or what? So, see, this is why, like I said, I was excited for when I figured out that they were dropping an album. But I was sad. Same thing with, like, Luis Fonsi when he dropped an album. Like, when he first came out, Luis Fonsi was también, like... Igual bala- que Rake, no? Yeah, igual que Rake. Baladas para llorar, güey, like, con ganas. And, um, and now son para sexo. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, like, when, also when Luis Fonsi made that flip with, like, Despacito, I was like, oh, so he's going more pop urbano. Same thing with Rake. They, dro- they dropped an album. Their album was, like, nine songs. Five of which have been out for like a year now. Yes. Um. One of our friends reached out to me and was like, "Yo, I'm so sad that they only had like four new songs." So I was like, "Dude, same." Because like their fans so have been this waiting. So the shit that we've been talking about yeah. that I just were doing. Exactly. I was like, oh, "Wow, Rick, I expected better." Anyways. Okay. Um. But yeah, so this album, like you said, did have a lot more like pop urbano influences, which I mean, like I was thinking of the song I think Inovidable like a while back was more of like a pop like a pop song. Whatever. Um, but the, my favorite songs that was the like one of the, the two only like baladas was um, uh, Malida Esferida, which I think was was super cute. It have more of like an OG sound, and then they had a song featuring Manuel Turizo, which is Alleluia, that was also super cute. Um, but I still love Rake, and if they come on tour, I will still go. But I do kind of miss their old like ballad sound, just because I feel like Pop Urbano is taking over like everything and it's just what's being more heard mm-hmm. that like yes i love that they're collaborating but i mean like 
I don't know. Like, I feel like don't eat into what's... Don't like, change your style. Yeah, don't, like, go into like I said, at the moment. Because, like, the Jonas Brothers left and came back, the Jonas Brothers. Like, same sound, right? Is that what you're saying? I mean, yeah. Oh, I guess... I mean, Rick never, like, left. They've still, like, been, like, like in the scene. But, I don't know. I wish I wish they kind of still had a little bit more of, like, their, like, ballad, like, slower, like, roots, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Anyways. Still like the album. Still will support them, but sad day. Um, but co- completely flipping the switch. Um, regional, there's actually a lot of new music that I actually really appreciate. So, the music that dropped two weeks ago now is uh, Estas Ganas de Tomar. And I was like, oh, super nice. It's um, by Lennon Ramirez. He's actually more of from like Los Corridos Verdes, which I actually didn't really like. I know his name, but don't really follow Los Corridos Verdes that much. Um, but I need that you're more of like in that aspect, no? Uh, I love that type of music. Like that for me is like the new like Mexican banda corrido sound right now that I'm really into and I, I just think that like it's time to transform into our generation that we're listening to. Um, I just think that it represents a lot of like the current like young Mexicans that are listening to this type of music. Like smoking weed and going out and all this stuff like I just I I enjoy it. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. So, so you know more of Lennon Ramirez's stuff because I, I, I know his name, but I don't really know his stuff. Yeah, he has a few good songs. Like, there's there's a lot of artists right now that are out that are hitting and are on like all that smoke my art. What is this? Oh yeah, yeah the, the smoke my art. Like they're all like the Ser Alimento and all them, but they all. I mean, they're all young individuals that are making good music right now. Mm, nice new new generations and all sorts of music I guess yes. yeah. uh, so yeah this is a, part of the new Nos Corridos Olas um, other music, Musica Regional actually before we leave this Corridos this Corridos Verdes kind of ties into what we're going to get into later which is music and weed in general so stay tuned mm-hmm. um, but other Regional that dropped is I don't know if y'all know Remy Valenzuela but he dropped an album so pretty much two big artists that actually from Sinaloa represent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Valenzuela. Wait, you're not from Jalisco? Girl, no. Oh. <laughs> Se blanquita, pero no. <laughs> Wait, where are you from? Sinaloa. Oh. Wow. <laughs> we've been friends for how, how long? I know. I always assume Jalisco, and I just told somebody the other day you were from Jalisco. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone, oh, my God, my freaking roommate the other day was like, oh, aren't you from Michoacán? I was like, girl. I was Girl, yes. <laughs> I think it was to her that I told her you're from Alisco and she didn't correct me. <laughs> I have fake friends. Yeah. Anyways. I, I know you're from Sinaloa. Sinaloa, hundred percent. Let's go. Remy Valenzuela dropped an album. he's more of like pretty much like Remy Valenzuela and uh, Jos Favela, they dropped they dropped albums. Pretty much very good for like ser- summer serenatas, if anyone is interested. Um, um, my favorite one from Remy is Loco Enamorado. The song actually came out maybe like a year or two ago, but still super good, super cute. And then there's Just Favela. His song is, his album's called Caminando, and I actually found it was hella funny. So he has an intro and an outro that are like 10 seconds long. They're literally just audio of him walking. And this album is called Caminando. Don't know why, but whatever. Um, and then my favorite song from that one is called tu aroma because he's more of like more mariachi is so i think more he's more like serenata vibes which i like but he's also super cute just favela super cute 
so something else that me and Kia have actually wanting to get more incorporated into our podcast have been highlighting a new artist for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and since me and Kia kind of have different but similar tastes, some, definitely something new and something for y'all to look into. So Kia, who's your new artist this week? So this week, um, Snow Allegra. I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Um, she's actually from Sweden. So I thought that was cool. I was like, hey, what's up? And she's R&B soul. So she has a really good voice. She has really good vocals. And the song that stood out to me from her was I Want You Around. Super good. Super vibey. Super, like, about being in love as well. And um, then as I was looking at more of her stuff, because I was like, okay, let me, like, look into this girl a little bit more. She also has a song with Logic. And she has a song with um, Joyner Lucas. So I was like, what a freaking small world. Like, I went in to see who you are, and you're connected to two artists that we highlighted on this episode. So I was like, dope. And she also has a song with Boogie. And Boogie has a song with YG, which I know seems like a long reach, but I was like, why does Boogie seem so familiar? And it was because I was listening to the YG album, and that song came on with the one with Boogie featured in it. So... I'm like, wow, all these artists, again, intertwined, and they all eventually kind of cross with each other. If you're into a certain artist, I feel like that usually happens. Dude, that's true, man. Dude, awesome. Yeah, I think we we heard a little bit of her music before we started recording, and I really like her vibe. Mm -hmm. She's, like, super chill, so I'm excited to look more into her, so thanks for that one. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about your... Uh, so my oh, artist is uh, Jesse Baez. He is more like sort of like Spanish R and B, so like same R and B flavor, mm-hmm. but in Spanish. Exactly, it's Spanish. Honestly, I the way I can describe Jesse Baez is if pretty much like the Spanish The Weeknd, like and honestly, Stop. dude, no, net that. And he even has a like a like a cover of the Spanish version of Tell Your Friends called Decile. Stop. Decile, dude, no, what, I want to hear. And this. they're good too. I want to uh, hear. So it. he has a cover of um. Hold on. <laughs> Got too excited. <laughs> too excited there. Hold on. Okay, so he has a cover of, yeah, of Tell Your Friends, the Cibet, and then a cover of Party Next Door's um, Come come and See, what was it? Yeah, Come and See Me for Once, um, called Ven a Verme. But yeah, so I really like him. He's He has a couple He's features Guatemala. here and there. Yeah, it's Guatemalteco. I, that, I always struggle trying to say that one. Guatemalteco. There we go. Okay. Um, But I feel like he grew up in the States. But he's, like, been at the roots from Guatemala. Um, But he's super chill. He's actually really cute, Damien, so follow him on IG. Um, Oh, yes, please. Yeah, so he has, like, an R&B vibe. He has a couple songs out. Some songs... I think he has two features with Setangana, the uh, guy from España that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> so everything, like you said, just ev- all these artists intertwined. I told you, I think it's because you get that same vibe and you eventually go down the rabbit hole. Yes. Uh, so, Jesse Wise, Artist this Week, check him out. We'll have all these music and all everything that we talked about on our playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. And links for all that is on our social media, so make sure to follow us for that. But moving from listening to watching, yeah, do you have any other? No, I'm watching. Yeah, um, from listening to watching this documentary that I've been meaning to watch and we finally got to, Green is Greener. Is it Greener or Grass is Greener? Grass is Greener. Grass is Greener. Two Gs, I missed them up. Grass is Greener. What y'all think about it? Um... 
So this documentary found on Netflix and it actually was released on 420. So fun fact. And I was hey. like, when I figured that out, I was like, set day, why didn't I find this to watch on 420 to celebrate, you know? So this documentary, at first I thought I was going to have to deal more with how music and cannabis have been very intertwined. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I thought at first, right? When I started watching it, I was like, yeah, so I'll go through like the jazz era and I'll go into like hip hop and then I will go into, you know, um like other artists like even as the corridos verdes i mean i didn't highlight that but how dope would it have been you know how we're saying like cannabis and music and how it relates but it turned out to be more it turned out to be super educational mm-hmm. and it had like a, a, a poc perspective on the matters and how we need to do you know reparations to all like through policies and get people out you know as this um you know plant is becoming legalized in certain states and, commercialized. and it's com- commercialized and profitable um we need to make reparations to our people so uh, anita like i know you had more of a perspective on this yeah i uh, i really like this film especially for like individuals that you know smoke but don't really know a lot of the history behind cannabis and want to learn what it is like it really gives a really good timeline of like you know, this is when it started being, um, tried to be, like, people were smoking it and, you know, using it, and, you know, the, even the terms that we used to be used, and then it goes into the legalization of it and the tactics that, you know, the government used, and it, it just follows a really good timeline to, like, current state of where we're at. Um, so if you want to learn more on the cannabis, just history, it's a really good intro, like, movie for people to start getting into it. Um, and just learning, you know, the, the privileges that we have right now of using cannabis, like, you know, us being able to be freely to smoking it while we still have individuals in, in our, like incarcerated in our prisons because of cannabis. And, um, I know there was one story of somebody that had like eight years in prison for a joint, you know, and it's like. For one he, joint? He, yeah, for a joint. He's in there for, he's been in there for eight years currently, right now, for a joint when all these, you know, big businessmen, big white businessmen are making millions and millions of dollars off of a plant that people are still incarcerated for. Like, it's just, it's crazy how this industry has changed within the last, like, two years into what it is now, into this big, white, profitable, profitable market Mm -hmm. and the documentary really takes you through like the history of that as well as like the history of how it was from such a taboo like turned turned against all that stuff into it's slowly coming up and how it's like you said so commercialized now and like i said i i mean obviously we all smoke um but i never have been one to look into that research and i really appreciated the poc perspective of this and just how it brought light to like the real issues because i think one of y'all mentioned that after this one you guys watched a different like yeah. documentary on weed too that was from like a white perspective that yeah. was totally different totally completely uncaring about the repercussions that people are suffering through the business it was more of a like look at how amazing it is blah, blah, blah. like it was just like it, it's good for this good for that again the profiting side you know yeah, it, it wasn't looking at part of it and i think that's what's something that's really important that we need to like we can't forget the history of cannabis and where it's where it comes from and the people that suffered from it 
Wait, did y'all ever watch? There was a show on. I might still be on Netflix. It was like a comedy about like a woman that like a, like a pot shop and like the working space of that. No, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. She okay. The cannabis store, and it was the older white lady. Yes, exactly. It was like I remember I tried to watch the first episode, and it was just so like like I said, that totally from a white perspective of it, and it was so stupid to be honest. I just couldn't get into it, and like I just yeah, I watched like an episode, and I couldn't do it either. No, so it was like, yeah, just like. So I really appreciated how Grass is Green said brought that perspective, brought that light, but still had the music aspect of it, which mm-hmm. talked about, you know, how it was referenced in jazz back in the day, like Louis Armstrong and just different words that they would have for it, where people wouldn't even notice that they're singing along to words that talked about cannabis and yeah. people didn't even know. So And then was- how it went from that and still, but like even then, I think it was what Louis Armstrong really fought again to try to get himself to be like for it to be legal for him to use it at his concerts and stuff because he knew the repercussions of it, but he also knew that it was a plant that helped him tap into his creative, you know, um, side of the music. So it's not like he was using it for anything bad, basically, yeah. you know. And I think. Save then it goes into like Cypress Hill, who is more of like their activist through their music okay. and of marijuana, but they were more upfront about it. And you know, SNL told them, Don't spark up on set. And you know, they go on stage and they're like, So they told us we couldn't spark up, so here we are sparking up. And then they got banned from SNL. So I don't know if to this day if they're still banned, but they got banned on SNL. LOL. So SNL had someone spark up a joint on stage before they had a regatonero on stage. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. No, for real. But um, I think it, it's really worth it. It's only an hour and yeah, that's 15. True. It was a really it, short one. It yeah. was not long. Give it a, you know, spark some up and watch some educational shit, man. Yeah. And then obviously Snoop Dogg had to be in this documentary. And how he, like, unintentionally became, like, I guess a spokesman for... The founding fathers yeah. of pot are Snoop Dogg, Redman, Cypress Hill, and help me with the last one, because I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, oh, what's his Anybody name? Anybody else? Nate Dogg? No. No, it's Red... Redman is one of them, but who's Yeah, there? it's his, his, like, best friend. Oh, I can't think of it. Anyways, if y'all remember the fourth one, let us know. Okay, <laughs> Add us on Instagram or tweet us. No. But yeah, but I think one like really important thing that we need to start thinking about a lot is like, because in general, like right now, we think about the, a lot about the language that we use in life and, you know, um, being like inclusive of all and, you know, making sure that you're using the proper words. I think one thing that we need to all be aware about, especially like our Latinx folk, is the word... And the history behind the word marijuana. Same. I had no idea that history. I feel like you and Ethan might have mentioned it at some point, but it just got reiterated watching this documentary. So please go off. Yeah. So marijuana, the only like the they used the word cannabis. They that was the word everybody you know, and then everybody had their slang, but cannabis was a word. And when they tried when they were in the process of making it illegal and stuff in the war on drugs, they made it into marijuana because it sounded Mexican. It mm-hmm. sounded Mexican to mm-hmm. the white people, so they associated marijuana with, with Mexicanness and put terror into the white people and mm-hmm. the white folks. Racist. Um, look at this drug. It's marijuana. It's Mexican. You should be scared of it. And that's why it's called marijuana to this day is because they wanted to... I, they wanted to identify it to the Mexican people to terrify the white people to not use it and to make it illegal. So you using the word marijuana, you're just 
you know, giving power to the word to scare people. So, cannabis. It's a racist term at the end of the day. Yeah, it's a racist term at the end of the day. Like, that's what it is. Like, it's racist. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, same thing with the word Hispanic. I feel like also has its own connotation. I mean, oh, girl, yes. that's the whole of the conversation. That's the whole of the conversation. Which is like, why you shouldn't use the word Hispanic. No. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes, so it's definitely. Flower, use cannabis, use pot, but don't use marijuana. Reefer. Reefer if you want to go old school. And jive. Jive. <laughs> Watch the watch the documentary. You'll understand. There's a, a lot of words you can be using. Yes, y'all got options. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the watch documentary, great watch. Um, something that's a little bit more newer that I haven't gotten into yet, but I know Kia and actually one of my roommates is super into. Yes, yes. it's Bruno. <laughs> so you guys should definitely check out Bruno. Um, the show's called It's Bruno, and it's about this man. Um, and his dog and it talks about his stories in his neighborhood in bushwick new york and it's just about how his little like neighborhood is being gentrified and just how it affects him and his relationship with his dog it's really really funny um it's super short it goes it ranges from like 15 minute episodes to like 20 minute episodes so it's such a quick binge like it's it's such a good little comedy show. And it actually started because he had the actor who is a rapper in real life. He adopted a, a dog at the shelter. And he made a little skit with his dog and his friends. Yeah. And I don't know if Netflix saw it, but they wanted to pick it up. And they actually, you know, um, made the show. And it oh, got picked damn. up for a second season because that's how good people responded Already? To it. Like yeah. Damn. I see you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And for, like, something that's short like that, y'all should check it out. It's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. He's super fine, so it's worth a watch. <laughs> nice. Uh, another Netflix drop that all three of us... Um, Anita, I don't know if you're caught up, but but She's Gotta Have It, season two. Girl, I already watched it all. Damn. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. I got two episodes left. I got two episodes left. Ah, we have two episodes left. Yep. No, I'm done. Yes, I was like, honestly, I totally forgot that the first season was, like, last year. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I totally forgot about, like, this show, honestly, just, like, and how much, like, I just missed the whole thing of it. Mm-hmm. But, honestly, I love it so far. I dedicated, so I watched the first two episodes when Anita was here last weekend, and then haven't gone back to it just because work's been crazy this week. Um, so, I woke my ass up at 7 a.m. today on a Sunday <laughs> to watch to binge the series to be prepared for tonight. It's for today, so. Yay! Dedication. <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, I forgot how much I loved Mars too. I love Mars. I think I mean Anthony Ramos. Uh, Ramos. Uh, Anthony Ramos in yeah, general. Um, I love him. I know. Uh, I think it's a really good season. I th- I'm excited for y'all to watch the end. Okay. Oh. Now I'm. I now Ooh. I'm excited. Yeah, it's just it's just a good show that touches on a lot of hard things and like it's. You could the last episode is just a lot of different like perspectives, and it just shows you how, like within one community, how one thing can make everybody see things differently. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's a really good ending. Okay. Do you, is there? Do you know if there's a? Do you know if there's going to be a new season or not? I guess season three. Mm-hmm. For that show, I think they already picked it up. Okay. Dope. Oh, nice. Because I was going to say, yes, something I appreciate about this show is that it has real conversations and it's through art. It's through an mm-hmm. artist's perspective. Um, and 
I, I really like that it talks about like real stories in a in a woman's perspective and a woman of color, you know, and just like mental health and setting boundaries and setting and your like own rules. Of color. It's like a queer woman of color too. Yes, thank you for that. Yes, Pride Month. So happy, oh, yes. happy, happy Pride. Pride. Yes. Yes, happy Pride. Uh, yes, and actually, I was listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, shout out! <laughs> uh, but they interviewed uh, Lemon Anderson, which is one of the writers on um, the show. And what I actually the reason why I had to binge this season up until now was to get to the episode where they go to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. My favorite, um, and just the impact that that had yeah. the episode itself had on not only like Lemon, the guy that one of the writers, Spike Lee, the director, and just the community and everything. And what's something that I thought was super cool that was that for that episode, first off, apparently they had to fight Netflix hard mm-hmm. to even get that episode in Puerto Rico. Oh snap! Um, and pretty like much Netflix. Yeah, and using that as like just like a, just bringing a light a bunch of different orga- organizations in Puerto Rico that you can donate to. Yeah. But something cool that they did was that they were I'm not sure where the show was filmed, but they pretty much left their entire cast not not cast sorry their entire crew that puts the show together. Um, back in where here and then in Puerto Rico for the eight days that they were filming they hired on pretty much everyone from the island to be a part of the oh, crew wow. 85% of their crew was just gente de Puerto Rico for those days beautiful. That's, so, that's so important like that's just so important that you're hiring local people that are like in distress yes and try to help them and something that um, Lemon said in this interview it's actually on the Latinos Out Loud podcast shout out yeah. um, uh so uh, pretty much the, the, it's important because as, you know, being part of this medium, like one of the big things is to create jobs. So why not use the opportunity because they're fighting Netflix so much to go to Puerto Rico to bring like people are still suffering and ish- um, from Hurricane Maria and disasters that happened even before that, that the show that the episode addressed that they're like, we've been dealing with issues. But why is it that now that Maria now everyone's like, oh, yeah. But so I, w- I would really love the episode. Love the colors. Just Puerto Rico just in general. But I love how they actually brought to light specific organizations and what they were doing and how the money that they donated to them was um, being used as well. I also, I liked that you had told me that actually the episode was going to revolve around Mars. And I know Mars has been having a lot of like character development from last from last season to this season. We see him actually truly like more. We see his family um we see him be more like raw and growing up and with still keeping that that still silliness that makes him mars with like when nola's like dude really like you just made a good moment like are you fucking kidding me right now but it wouldn't be mars if he didn't do that shit so but i still like that we're seeing him grow up and dealing with real shit like you know um the spoiler alert but like you know an abortion that he was not a part of the conversation. How do, how do we feel about that? I actually want to talk about it a little bit just because we, if we're talking about abortions and the abortion laws that are happening right now, she decided not to tell him, right? And she said, it's my body and I, I, I make my choice and I didn't have to include nobody. I had to tell nobody. But then we get to see his reaction to it and it was just kind of like, like, why didn't you tell me? I don't think... Knowing Mars, I don't think Mars would have been one, to, or it would have been interesting to know what would have Mars done. Like, would he have yeah. been like, okay, let's 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 have a kid, or respected anything she chose to do? Mm-hmm. So I also think, well, like yeah, this is total spoiler alert. So whatever. <laughs> um, but I think it also is uh, Chloe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chloe, Chloe's your name? Um, Chloe. 
Chloe? Yeah, Chloe. So Chloe, the character, I also she also addressed that when, you know, she did end up pregnant, when it was her and Mars together, at that point, it was when Mars was already having the relationship with Nola. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, definitely my body, my choice. And, and her not telling Mars, I think the situation was just of everything going on, a lot of shit was just going down. So I don't know my stance on her not telling Mars just yet, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think obviously the, her, the relationship that Mars is having with Nola did have a huge thing on that too. I don't know. How do we feel about her having said that he was nothing? Cause basically he was like, you know, what am I? And she was basically like nothing. It's like yeah, nothing. Yeah, I thought that was fucked up. Yeah. Like just telling somebody like you're nothing like that to me is really messed up. Um, I think she made the decision and that's her decision and it's like she didn't have to include him um but even i think it's just like a courtesy like hey like this is going on this is my choice this is my decision and this is what's going on but like because it's you know i i personally don't think that he his reaction was valid that he got upset but never once did he like try to blame her for doing it no like like, never once was like you know telling her something like he's obviously gonna get angry because it's at the end of the day you know it was his you know sperm that conceived the child but he never i think his reaction was it was valid he was angry about it but like he never blamed her yeah that's that's real i don't know i think I think that's what I mean, like, because she said, I think she didn't include him in, in the, even the conversation because she considered him nothing. And that's, mm-hmm. that's messed up in the idea of like, he is a person. And right now he, he as he's developing the character, it's kind of like this idea of he has nothing. Yeah. He's been, he doesn't have a place to live right now. He has um, no job. He has like, no job. So he's like really he going no, like, through it. Yeah, he's trying to find his purpose right now. And yeah. to be reaffirmed, you're nothing like um, through that. And then after that, you know, he had that really good song that it like really showed oh him. Oh my God. Freaking. Oh, this is like, I knew Anthony Ramos. I believe he was also like, part of Hamlet to be age. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I uh, just have never heard him sing an Oh my God, me quedé enamorada. Like, yeah. If it wasn't before, con yeah. más ganas. And yeah. I loved how um, Shmeka and Noel were just, like, crying in the yeah. audience. I mean, just how the impact it has and how that was a great, like, segue into the Puerto Rico episode. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, and then go, was it going off on Mars, I mean, so um, when the writer, Lemon, the interview, he was saying how originally the Puerto, the Puerto Rico episode was supposed to be about Mars mm-hmm. going back to Puerto Rico and just, like, about him and continuing his character development. But Lemon brought up a really good thing that was like, I mean, this show is about Nola. It's about Mm -hmm, a black woman. mm -hmm. Let's take this opportunity to bring light to all the Africans in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And about um, Nola having that experience and just like having, pretty much bringing highlight to reminding people that Puerto Rico and all the islands were a passageway um, when all the Africans were coming through as slaves and all that stuff. And I also loved Mars's thing about Christopher Columbus and how, why the fuck are there still statues of this guy all around? Yeah. I love that part of the episode. So... It, I, but yes, yes, agreed that I love that they still made it about Nola, but like it was very nicely done where you yes, felt it like was it was about both. And at the end, you know, Morris finds out that his dad in, is not his dad. So yeah. now I'm like, wait, so now is he, is his dad black or no? Because right, like he said, oh shit, yeah, he thought his dad was black. So now I'm like intrigued. Like, it can change, like for him, it's like 
what the heck, like, this is what I... Yeah. Identity to be known. <laughs> That's literally like half of your identity. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. So I'm intrigued about that. His mom is a little bit intense. Like, I don't know how y'all felt about her, but I thought she was intense. Oh, death. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, but, but I, I, I still see you, I still see you. <laughs> but yes. Okay, so yes, definitely, y'all, God, she's gonna have it. We have to finish our two episodes. Um, but now that you peeked at the preview at the ending, I'm excited. Um, yeah, and then we'll also link, um, because I know Anthony Ramos has an interview just about the importance that the whole episode brought to Puerto Rico and the island. That we'll link it, um, in the description. So, yes. Um, and then something else that I've been watching on Netflix, um, I think I brought it up at some point, has been about La Novela Reina del Flow. I finished this novela, it took me forever, but I finished it, and I just had a rant because this. Do we have this platform? Why not? Serena <laughs> <laughs> um, del Flow is una novela colombiana. Pretty much, it's essentially like a combination of like empire in terms of like it being about la música, a combination of like narcos because it has to do with drugs because it's in Colombia because that's well, that's a whole other story. Um, and like start, it's like a, pretty much like a novela about like music, music and everything like that. So the novela and even like um, one of the main actresses, she plays Jamie, the, the main um, girl in the novela. They interviewed and pretty much, the, they're like, we want to have this novela show how el género urbano, because the novela pretty much highlights the whole urbano movement in Colombia, and how el género urbano has been a salvation for a lot of Colombianos in choosing art over violence um, in Colombia. And then, so the novela, I thought it was really good. They had great music. Pretty much was like an entire musical. Their soundtrack is bomb. I'll put one of our favorites onto the playlist for this week. Um, yes. So y'all can check it out. Um, but what kind of annoyed me, and not, not about Reina del Flow, is that so uh, Univision dropped a new novela maybe like two weeks ago called La Reina Soy Yo. Oh. Which I is, saw the previews for that, or like the trailer where they were showing it off. Yeah, so Reina del Flow is the original de Colombia. Reina Soyo Univision pretty much is taking Reina del Flow, making a Mexican version of it. Are you kidding me? Cop- but that's Univision, though. Hold on. <laughs> Univision does this often. Hold on. Okay, sorry. Hold there on. I go. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah, so copy-pasting it, literally are changing the names of the artists maybe, like, by one letter. I think in, in, in Colombia, it was Jamie, like, Jamie, and then in Spanish, it's, like, Yameli. And it's like Juancho, Juango. It's like literally, literally one letter off. But like I swear that these the actors that they're using in the Mexican version, I don't know if they can actually even sing because like in the Colombian version, they're actually singers and they have like it's a legit like soundtrack y todo. And it's I think they literally are just using that same music. Like I don't mm-hmm. even think they have like their Mexican um actresses are recording. Um, but it just kind of like really annoyed me that La Reina del Flow came out not even a year ago. Like yes, Univision. Like remakes or novelas all the fucking time, but I was like, for something that and Rena has had such a huge hype because it's it's on Netflix. It's like has been such a cultural phenomenon, and it has been Colombia's most like top seen novela in years apparently. So in Latino America, it already has the pull. Mm-hmm. It just annoyed me that Univision was gonna pretty much jump on the bandwagon and drop a, their own version not even a year after it comes out. Wow, that really annoyed me. And that just kind of reminded me, it kind of like, it reminded me like uh, all how Univision, uh, well, not even Univision, it's Televisa, Televisa mm-hmm. de Mexico, mm-hmm. um, how they kind of do that and just all the other novelas that they've kind of have elevated to the level of 
la Univision has pretty much like Rebelde was a, a Rebelde way in Argentina before. What? It was uh, what? What? Es, what? Es, es, originalmente es una novela de Argentina. Um, but like a bunch of, a bunch of novelas. I'll have I'll, I'll, link, I'll link an article. I didn't know that. I'll link an article because it was a whole long list. Wow. Um, también like it's just like a bunch of other ones and just like how I guess even tying it back to how we, we've talked about Aladdin for the last few episodes and just how remakes are such a big thing and I feel like Univision no, 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 Televisa just kind of needs to branch out from remakes and bring light to other stories that can be told which like I'm just thinking like Roma and the huge impact that it had true. Televisa could take this and have open the entire field to have more novelas show different stories that can be told instead of remaking and trying to make their own version of things that are already out there Yeah, or maybe he, they can... Yeah, and they have a bad habit of remaking, like, like for me, it's like they're, they're, like, they're such a bigger company, and they take, like, smaller Latin countries and taking the things that are so big there and making them Mexican, and it's like, there's a, there's a problematic issue there in itself. Exactly, mm -hmm. yes, and that, that, that's a whole other conversation that can be, yeah. <laughs> that can be having a whole other episode, but... Yeah, so that really bugged me. Like, there's another flow. Honestly, I have been working on this novella to, <laughs> to finish it. <laughs> working on it. It's 82 episodes uh, to finish uh, on it. On Netflix? On Netflix, yeah. On Netflix. Oh, okay. uh, and, uh, oh, I don't know if I've had that many episodes. Yeah, girl. It's it a novella, oh, wow. man. Wow. Oh, but, I mean, 82 for a novella is good, right? Yeah, that's pretty standard. Like, there's like, some that are more. Some are, like, up to 100. Um, so, I love that. And just I just... It was just felt just, I don't know, like seeing La Reina del Flow, just, I mean, La Reina del Flow, the remake, just brought up a lot of novella things. It triggered you. It triggered me, yes, so I was very sad. Okay. <laughs> But other than that, I don't think I had anything else I was watching, just after I was depressed. <laughs> Same, I've just been working on, she's gotta have it. Oh, yes, now we have homework for watching the last two episodes. Yes. Yes, let me know y'all's thoughts. For show, for show. Because I have a lot of thoughts, and I would love to share them. Okay, Ooh, we're yes. excited to we're excited to hear for you to hear us oh, <laughs> on the next episode. Definitely. Yes. All right. So Anita, I think this means that we have to have you back as a guest at some point. Then, is that what I'm yes, hearing? Yes, of course. I'm always down to be a guest. Yes, yeah, so hopefully next time we have guests or anything in general, we don't have technical difficulties for future episodes. Um, but this has been the end of episode five, y'all. Finally out, finally recording, hopefully. Um, so make sure to follow us on social media to get a playlist and all our updates as well on we at, at we are BBO Live. Um, special shout out and thank you to Anita for being our guest. Thank you, Anita. Thank you for having me. Yes. Of course. You want to drop your own? Drop your Twitter. Do you want to drop your own um, shout outs or anything? I don't know. Just search Anita. I come up. Anita Mendoza. I'm going to ask her Anita M33. Hello. What's your Venmo? I don't know. It's actually Anita M33. So you can request money from her. <laughs> so thank y'all for tuning in and we hope to see y'all next week have a wonderful week bye make good choices